This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. And it is Russ. Thank you very much for listening. And we are about to give you one of our midweek bonus episodes. And uh, as you probably know, listeners, this is uh, another addition to our series on marketing and advertising. My goal with this is to provide you with some tangible tools, some actionable items that will allow you to move your business forward. And they might be uh, very specific advertising um, uh, techniques that work. Our guests are going to give you some examples that they use for themselves or that one of their clients has found success with. So I hope that over the course of several weeks, you will collect some really good information and find some tools that will work for your business. Today, I'm really excited to introduce Rachel Jenks. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Russ. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Now, Rachel, you are the brand boss of the Brand Boss Studio. And I sure all, am. Yeah, and the host of the Brand Boss Show. That's right. Who are your customers? Like, who do you help? We empower businesses and business owners to own your difference powerfully and authentically in the marketplace and rock it like a boss. And we do that through done-for-you branding and marketing strategy and services. We do that through trainings and events. And we do that through the Brand Boss Show podcast and YouTube channel. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you must have a staff of a 1,000. <laughs> I have two at the moment. <laughs> wow. But guess, we're growing. Yeah, I guess you're pretty busy, right? Um, sure are. So as you probably heard, and, and, and as you know, and you probably uh, heard my intro, one of the things that is really important about this show is to have some actionable items for people to do. Um, but also, our listeners need to uh, need to believe that you know what you're talking about. And so this is an opportunity for you to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners, tell them a little bit about your journey, and then uh, maybe some of the experiences that you've had either personally with your own business or with some clients. And so I think that that's a pretty valuable way for them to get to know you. And and uh, and then you can promote your brand, obviously. And uh, also, business owners, you can learn by watching what other people do. So you have had some interesting transformations uh, in your career. So we'd love to hear about all of that. So where do you want to start? Like, who are you? What have you been doing? Where are you going? All that stuff. <laughs> sure. Well, I am just so honored to be here and to serve your audience today, Russ. I have been on this journey of full-time entrepreneurship for five and a half years, as you know. Yeah. You've been part of this journey since the beginning. And uh, I have been in public communications for 23 years now which yes, I know I don't sound like it, but I am 40 years old. <laughs> You're aging <laughs> and, very well, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I'm blessed with good genes. So yeah, I've been in public communications for 23 years and those 23 years have been about as diverse as they come, right? My story is anything but traditional. So I have been a professional ballet dancer, I have done international public relations for an organization that rehabilitated women who'd been trafficked. I've done national public relations for itinerant authors. 
I have done, let's see, what other hats have I worn? Uh, I was a nanny for a little bit. I've been an office manager. I've been an administrative consultant. I was a self-taught designer at an international production company. I have been a uh, designer at an ad agency, and I have also been a marketing director. So I have a very, very broad range of experience when it comes to marketing and advertising. And you know, one of the things that I don't share a lot, but I also feel like it's in my blood because my dad was a TV and radio advertising producer in New York City before I was born. So um, I just have always had a passion for communication in all of its ways, right? Like if you look at what ballet is, yeah. ballet is art, but it's also communication, right? It's communication of emotions and stories and all of that. And that was the part that I loved the most. So really in 23 years of incredibly diverse experience, um, I want to say about as diverse as you can get, <laughs> but, and, you know, having my own businesses in there in various capacities, one of the things that I just became extremely passionate about is authentic marketing. And that's really where my personal story comes in. And one of the things that bothers me, if I can use that word, of what is so common in marketing is that there's a lot of what I call the chameleon crisis, right? Everybody trying to keep up with their competition and look like what everybody else is doing when that might not be what actually works for your business or what you need to be doing. And if I can go a little bit farther, can I get on a soapbox for a second? Sure. You can get as high, you can get on a, as high <laughs> of a soapbox as you want or go as deep into that, to that area if you want. So. Yeah, we sure. on our regular uh, episodes, I ask some pretty uh, personal and pointed questions very often because uh, we like to go there because that's where, you know, that's where like the good stuff is that that will really help people, you know? Well, thank you. So I'm going to get a little feisty for a second. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so as my friends say, spicy Rachel's coming out. So this is why I get so spicy, right? So I have been in, like I said, public communications for 23 years. I have been in marketing. I've been in advertising. I've done you know, public relations. I've been on the design side of things, all of that. One of the things that drove me crazy and why I am so passionate about what I do and why I'm so passionate about sharing with amazing listeners like yours is there has, and I don't want to generalize because there are amazing companies out there. But there has been an overwhelming um, theme, trend, MO in the world of marketing and advertising that the marketers and the advertisers know what they're doing and the business owners are stupid. And I hated that. And I hated conversations that I heard behind closed doors. And I hated seeing business owners throw money into things that don't work just because somebody else came in and told them what they should be doing. And so what I want to say to you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, is this is your company. And I believe that this idea for your business was given to you on purpose for a purpose. And at the end of the day, nobody knows the identity of your company better than you. So yes, bring in experts. Yes, get wisdom. But if there is something that feels off that doesn't feel like you, you have permission to do business like you. And you don't have to listen to somebody else push you around. You don't have to invest money in things that might not be the best solution for you. Trust your gut, right? There is nobody that knows the identity of your company better than you. I'm getting my head ahead of myself there for a minute. But 
I, that's why I'm so passionate about this. That's why I started my own podcast in 2019, the brand boss show. And this idea of empowering you to rock your brand, like a boss, because here's the thing, like, yes, marketing can come in and come alongside you. Like marketing was designed to be business's best friend. And one of the things that I see, I'm getting off on a tangent here. I'll bring it back around in a minute, but I feel like this is important because when it comes to marketing, I see so many business owners getting overwhelmed or feeling like, oh, I'm not a cool kid, or I got to keep up with this now. And I got to be here and I got to be here. No, 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 no. The only marketing you need to worry about is the marketing that's going to connect you with the people that you serve. And that's something we'll talk about in a minute. You don't have to be on all the platforms, doing all the things, trying to reach all the people. You only need to connect with your people. And marketing was never supposed to be overwhelming. Marketing is business's best friend. Boy, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I I feel that because uh, uh, I, like you, have been doing this for a long time uh, at different, um, different levels at different points in my life. And I have done a lot of marketing and advertising, but right now is probably the most confusing time ever in terms of trying to figure out you know, how I should be going about things, what works, what doesn't work, should I be doing organic or throwing money at digital ads and et cetera. So that's part of the reason why we're doing the show, obviously. And uh, I think you said that beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what you really need is a strategy. There are a million tactics out there and they change by the second. And you can spend all your time learning about this one tactic that might not even be what you need to know. Now, tactics do matter, right? And so, and I do have high value for tacticians. At the same time, if you don't understand the strategy, then the tactics won't matter because if you don't know your target, you'll miss it every time. When it comes to marketing, I'm going to speak as the brand boss about a piece that people overlook. And I'm going to begin with a very personal story. So as I told you, my career background is very non-traditional. And that's really been the case for my life. I have never fit in in any social circle in my entire life. I have always been the smallest. I know you can't see me, but I'm a very tiny woman, right? I was the nerd who loved learning, still do. I'd rather have my nose in a book than play a video game. I, you know, would much rather be hiking than at the mall. Like I loved ballet when my friends were into sports. I have never fit in in any social circle in my life. I have always been different. And the morning of my 38th birthday, I woke up to the voice of shame screaming in my head, another year older. And what do you have to show for it? What do you even have to show for your life? And I didn't realize that what made me inspirational to the people in my incredible community who would ask me to coffee and say, hey, Rachel, I just want to hear your story. You're so inspiring. The very same thing that made me so inspiring to them made me shameful to me. I saw it as shame. Yeah. And that thing was being different because I was about two years into starting my company at that time. And I didn't see anybody around who looked like me, right? Like, let's just call a spade a spade. My friends were married and having babies and, you know, doing all of these things that you should be doing at 38 years old. And my life didn't look like that. And I, I had so much shame associated with it. And I didn't even know, and I didn't even realize that was causing me to self-sabotage. So 
in a conversation, a powerful conversation that I will be grateful for every single day of my life with my dear friend and mentor, Dan Morey, that day, where he challenged me, what are you really measuring the impact of your life, Rachel? Because you and I both know that what really matters to you as far as making an impact here in the world has nothing to do with probably the measurements you're using right now. And that launched a very deep personal journey of about nine months or so, Russ, where I literally went back through these seasons of my life and I began to see that what had been a source of pain and rejection and whatever, and I thought was shameful to me was actually my superpower in disguise. And that superpower was being different, right? Because I was never made to fit in. I was born to stand out. You know, it's like I've I've said to school assemblies before, you can run with the herd or you can be a unicorn. I'd rather be a unicorn any day of the week. And so here is my superpower that was in front of me the whole time, but I couldn't see it. All I saw was different. But as the brand boss, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you see. And as I like to say, own your difference. Because when it comes to marketing, like Purple Cow is a great book and I'm not knocking it, but people think they have to go out and paint themselves purple, right? You don't have to become something to be different. You just have to own the difference that you already have. There is already something different about your company because there is already something uniquely different about you, right? Like if you look at nature, that's one of my favorite things to do is go hiking. No two leaves are the same. No two snowflakes are the same. No two raindrops are the same. Everything in the universe is screaming, be who you are, be unique, be different, own your difference. And it just drives me crazy that when it comes to the world of marketing, there's this like, oh, be like everybody else. Why? Why the heck would you want to be like everybody else? How are you going to stand out? Chameleons are amazing creatures. They can blend in with a Coca-Cola can. And that's really great if you don't want to be discovered by predators. But it's really awful if you want to be discovered by customers, right? Do you want to blend in or stand out? How you stand out is by owning your difference and by being authentic to who you are. Go ahead, Russ. You were going to jump in. Well, yeah. um, I was going to say, yeah, I don't really want to look like a Coke can at all. I'd rather be me. (laughs) But, you you know, it's interesting because you just gave a, a, a passionate explanation why somebody needs to own their brand. And then you, you use the word authentic. You know, we hear a lot of buzzwords. As soon as something becomes popular, then everybody jumps on the bandwagon. So right now, a lot of people are talking about being authentic, being transparent, um, and those types of things. And that's the way people will, will believe you. Uh, you'll build your authority all those types of things. So, But I think that you just talked about it in a way that is way different than one might normally hear it. And certainly we could feel your passion for sure. What has the result of this, this transformation been like for you? It's been incredible. It is having the courage to own my difference that has really caused me to own my place in marketing, in business. Um, the confidence that has brought, because that's the thing. The reason that we 
are afraid of owning our difference is we're afraid that if we, you know, oh, this is who I really am. Well, it might not be accepted. Right. Or that's where imposter syndrome comes in or any of that stuff. But when you cut through the crap and you have the courage to just be who you are, first of all, the people who resonate with that will be drawn to you and will want to work with you. Yeah. Whatever industry you're in, you will stand out. I don't care if there are 20,000 people who do what you do in your area. There's nobody who's going to do it exactly like you because nobody else is exactly you. And so you cut through the competition, you cut through the noise. I've seen that in my own life. You draw the clients that are going to resonate with you that want to work with you. There's actually, let me just put this little tip in there. There's actually brain science connected to this rest. Yeah. So I have a powerful conversation with a neuroscientist, Dr. Darlene Mayo, on episode six of season two of my podcast, if anybody wants to go check it out, called Branding in the Brain. And she goes way deeper into it than I could. When you are being authentic to who you are, and the same is true for your company, it literally freeze the brains of your customers. Like there's brain chemistry that happens that unlocks in the brains of your customers, the ability to be true to who they are as well. Well, that's an interesting concept. It's amazing. It's kind of like that mirroring thing almost, uh, or the idea of like when someone yawns, then the people that see it start yawning. Yes. And so there will be people, there will be customers who are drawn to you. And if you are not showing up congruent to the true identity of who you are as a company, they will feel that disconnect, even if they can't like put a finger on what it is and you'll actually drive them away. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I've sort of adopted this approach with the podcast. There are so many business related podcasts and I thought, well, you know, my interest is really helping small business owners and entrepreneurs. I am one and I have been one for a long time. I've collected a lot of wisdom. I have a lot of contacts and, um, and I've experienced a lot not only as a business owner, but as a human and, you know, all the other subcategories, you know, father, adventurer, all those things. So, um, yeah, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to do the podcast the way I want to do it and the way I would like to listen to it. And if we get an audience, great. (laughs) And if we don't, (laughs) you know, it won't be the first time I, you know, I failed at something. Although if my only um, barometer for success is monetary, then um, I may still succeed in other areas. And this podcast has been an incredible surprise for me, to be honest. I've met the most amazing people who I didn't know beforehand through different ways. And, and, and then people started approaching me now. So as soon as someone at a local chamber meeting hears that I have a podcast, then the questions start coming, you know, and, uh, and I get multiple people saying, Oh, I'd love to start a podcast or I, you know, wow, this is really cool. I like your podcast. I want to know more. And, or what do I have to do to be a guest on your podcast? And they're not always people I know. So it's sort of taken on a life of its own. And I think part of the reason is because of exactly what you said. I'm just trying to make it authentically me. Now, I don't want to get on here and, and sound like a babbling idiot, so I do <laughs> I do some editing. I try to keep it at a minimum, but I found that I actually probably do more editing than is necessary only because, again, I want it to be me, and I want it to be professional. I want it to sound professional, and I want, it, and I want my guests to sound great. So I spend extra time 
taking out a few of their extra ahs and ums, uh, which are just in normal conversation, you know, it's sort of, uh, it is normal. It's, it's normal, but sometimes when, you know, as a listener, it can get in the way uh, of understanding what they're talking about. So anyways, uh, that is a little bit of a tangent, but that's the way my brain works. But I just wanted to kind of double down on what you're saying about being authentic and being yourself. And, and it helps if you do some of the work to try to figure out who you are. And then, it does. Right? And then I joke with people sometimes because one of my issues with video is um, that I'm still a little self-conscious doing the video. Now, I've done thousands of live events from hosting different things to doing game shows and improv shows, and I've been on stage. I've been in, in the middle of thousands of people with a microphone and no script, and that's my favorite place to be, by the way. Um, but when I get to video, I start to get a little self-conscious, I guess, and then, you know, I see the big nose, and uh, I might have a pimple <laughs> that day, or, you know, it's like all those things, I'm staring at my face, which is not my favorite thing to look at, so the funny thing is, you know, I've become tolerant of it over time, mm -hmm. I force myself to do that, but I haven't quite gotten to the point, which is the healthy place, is to be 100% accepting, so there's kind of a difference mm -hmm. there, right, but all right, so that all may have been a tangent. I'm not sure. But, uh, again, I just wanted to double down on what you were talking about, which is the authenticity and being yourself and being that unique person. Mike Koenigs talks about it a lot, you know, the category of one. And, um, and Seth, of course, the purple cow. But like you said, don't be a purple cow. Be you. Be the, the you yes. unicorn, the unicorn that's you, right, yes. or, or whatever. Definitely. I want to, I want to kind of um, jump on that trail for a second though, Russ, because I yeah. feel like you touched on something really important. Good. One of the things that I so appreciate about you is that you're such a champion. Like from the moment that I met you at that coffee with creatives years ago, like you've always been a champion. You've been a champion for others. You've been a champion for others in the arts. You've been a champion for other entrepreneurs, for others in business, for this community. And I think that sometimes for those of us who are wired that way, right, I'm very much wired that way as well. Like I could, you know, travel the world and promote this organization that rehabilitated women and children who'd been rescued from trafficking. Like what a worthy cause. Yeah. And then I launched my business and that was hard to talk about. Huh. And so sometimes when we are wired to be champions of others, we forget to be champions of ourselves. Ah, so true. And particularly as business owners, the entire point of marketing, it isn't about being a cool kid. It isn't about keeping up with all the trends. It's about extending your reach because the reason that we do what we do in business is to serve people. Maybe it's people, maybe it's businesses, maybe it's a product you have, whatever it is. But the reason that we do what we do is to solve problems and take care of people and make their lives better. Yeah. But guess what? You have to be visible for them to find you. So the entire point of marketing is to extend your reach. And so many times we get so self-conscious, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to see my face on camera. Or I remember when I first started my podcast, like, oh, I don't know if I want to hear my voice, blah, 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 blah. I don't believe you have to build a personal brand. You just have to rock the brand you already have. Explain that what you just said. Sure. <laughs> so when it comes to personal branding, right? Like I'll just tell this story. So I had somebody approach me a couple months ago, wanted to know if I would partner with them. They did personal branding retreats. Mm -hmm. As we used to say when I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, bless their little hearts. Yeah. So, <laughs> so their idea of personal branding 
is you're going to pay us thousands of dollars to fly to Bali and we're going to take pictures of you in swimsuits. Um, raise your hand as a small business owner if that sounds like something you would want to do or that promotes your company, right? I was like, um, yeah, no, guess what? Uh, that's not actually personal branding. And so, but that comes with this whole mindset in marketing of that, right? Like I just unfollowed somebody on Instagram yesterday because I hate when people do this, when it's like, oh, don't you wish you were me? Mm. No, what kind of crap is that? I'm sorry. Like you didn't, you wouldn't want to be treated that way. Why are you treating other people that way? Because somebody told you that's what you have to do. Yeah, there's, no. a, there's a balance there that I think is a little tricky. So it's sort of like, this is me. This is the success I have. And the reason I'm showing it to you is because I'm just a regular person. And if you wanted it, it's possible for you too, right? Exactly. So that's a good part. That's the good part. So now there's a line somewhere or there's a big gray area. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. and I'm not sure. No, there if, is a line. Are we in a gray zone? Is there a line in there? You know? So what are you thinking? You're saying there's a line there. There's a hundred percent a line. All right. Talk, um, tell us what that is. And it, again, it comes back to authenticity. It comes back to identity and being who you are. There's a difference between look at me and an invitation. Like I am sharing my journey with you to show you what's possible for you. I am doing this to encourage you versus I'm doing this to belittle you, right? And so I think that's really where it is because a lot of these use this word influencer. Do you know what influence actually is? Influence is leadership. Influence isn't about look at me. Influence is how can I, like, I know that you're watching. Yeah. How can my life story impact you? How can I encourage you and help you get further than I got, right? That's the difference between leadership influence and, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm in front of my sports car and my lake house. Now, if somebody like I know, I know a powerful story of a woman who was homeless as a single mother sleeping in her car with her kids one weekend watch one of these marketing trainings, learned about challenges, did a challenge and made $3,000 the next weekend. She is now a six, if not seven figure entrepreneur who went from sleeping in her car with her children, right? Yeah. To now empowering other people to do what she's done. So I do think there is a line, but when you, when you hear her, you know it's authentic for her. When you see her post, nothing about it is like, oh, I'm up here, you're down there. I think it comes back to a concept that, um, that again, my mentor, Dan Morey, shared with me one time. That a lot of times in business, we look at it as if both parties are sitting on opposite sides of the table. But what happens when we remember we're sitting on the same side of the table, right? Right. Is it an us versus them conversation 
or is it a we conversation? Because when it's a we conversation, whether it's in your social media or your marketing message, I mean, the most powerful marketing you will ever have is the life that you live. So what story is your life telling the way that you show up as a business in the community, the way that you show up as a business in your interactions with customers, with vendors, with collaborators, with competitors, right? With the other people in your business space. That's the marketing you already have, by the way. And so is this congruent and authentic to the identity of your company and to who you are? Because people can spot if it's fake. So like I said, you can see something that this woman posts and feel the authenticity. Yeah. You can also see something that somebody else posts. And here's the thing. Like, they're not bad people. A lot of these people are not trying to be arrogant. Are some? Probably. But there are people who are not trying to be arrogant. They're just trying to play the quote-unquote marketing game and do what they think they have to be doing. Right. They're just trying to figure it out like the rest of us, right? Yeah. And we're all, but that's, you, that's our, that's the story of everybody. That's our life. We're just, tr- we're just trying to do the best we can every day and, and keep all the balls in the air. I mean, that's everybody, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much influence you have or don't have, I mean, that's all we're doing. Most of us, right? I mean, true. even people with tons of money, they're trying to figure out how to not to lose it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and, and so that's why I really, I, so passionate about it. And one of the things that we walk all of our clients through first thing is an identity exercise Okay. because the true foundation of every successful brand begins with identity because when you know who you are, you can function from that place. So I'm going to get, can I pivot and get a little bit practical? Cause I know you wanted some practical tips. Oh, I did. So that's one of the things that I ask our guests to bring with them are three specific tools or techniques or it may be a process, a three-step process, is some something that anybody can do. And uh, I'm also going to ask you about some money also after this. So we want our listeners to have an understanding of like what kind of a budget do you need to do some of this. And I know there's sure. a, there are always many variables, but we like to say um, if it's somebody who's never done it before and they need to get started, you know that type of thing. And 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 if someone has their feet wet already, they'll they can extrapolate from there. So, yeah, so go ahead. All right. So is this is this where we're going to get into some actionable tips? We're going to get into some actionable tips. All right. Take it away. So the first one is owning your difference. Like I was just talking about. You don't, you know, you can keep up with the Joneses or be the Joneses. The choice is yours. And you don't have to become something different. There's already something inherently unique about your company because there's already something inherently unique about you. And so having the courage to be who you are and owning your difference is the number one thing you can do to stand out in the marketplace. So there's practical tip number one. All right. Quick question. Yep. Sometimes how we perceive ourselves isn't necessarily how others perceive us. So would that yep. be a factor in this owning our difference? Um, yes and no. Right. Because, and that's probably a deeper conversation than we have time to get into because, mm-hmm. um, your identity isn't based on who other people say you are. Okay. I it's like based that. on the identity that is unique to you, right. That was born in you. And there's, that's also true in your company. And so that's a mistake other people do a lot of times, like, and we do this in our lives. So one of the reasons that I had so much 
shame is that I was allowing society to define to me what my life should look like as a woman, right? So somebody else's definition of your company does not define your company. And that's why I say at the end of the day, nobody knows the identity of your business better than you. And that's why branding for your audience is a lie. And there's a whole lot more I go into about that. Yes, you need to market to your audience, but that's way different than your brand because branding and marketing are not the same thing. They're very different. And branding has to do with the identity of your company. And what branding is about is how you are known as the world, known as in the world. But here's the thing. The way that I was showing up in the world prior to this journey that I was on and the way that people knew me was not completely congruent with who I am. Does that make sense? It does perfectly. If I had relied on other people to define me, which I had, right? I actually had somebody misdiagnose me on Myers-Briggs one time as an introvert. And so I was like, okay, I must be an introvert. And I started behaving introvertedly because I thought that's what I had to do. And a dear friend of mine, Julia Winston, talks about this, that we go through life and either we put post-it notes on ourselves or other people put post-it notes on our on us. And then that becomes how we view ourselves. But you have to take off the post-it notes to be able to view yourself clearly. And that's the same that's true for your company. So I would push back on that and say no. All right. So number one, own your difference, be authentically you. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, and that's true for your company as well. Like I want to, I want to specify that that's true for your company as well. And that's where we're going to get into number two. So number two, I'm going to let your listeners in on a little secret. So this is our identity exercise that we walk all of our clients through. I'm just going to give you a little snippet of it. And this is probably a way that you've never thought about branding before. So when it comes to branding, everybody goes right to the logos, the colors, the, all that kind of stuff, as we like to call it the outfit, right? Yeah. But that's not actually truly the essence of your brand. Like to really understand branding, you have to think about branding in reverse. So branding is not about you putting your mark on something. Branding is the mark that that experience that a customer or potential customer has with your company makes in their minds. And you have control over what that is. So this is what branding is. It has to do with your messaging. It has to do with the customer experience, all that kind of stuff, which is why we say you have to dig into the identity. So when you think about how you know somebody, right? Like, Russ, describe your daughter to me just real quick. Just a couple words that come to mind. Which one? Uh, the one who's a musician. Okay. She is empathetic and very caring and um, an introvert, and she's fearless on stage. Awesome. Isn't it interesting you didn't tell me anything about what she's wearing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yet, when it comes to branding, that's where everybody goes. But what you really get to know someone by, and this is why like people think that you know, marketing and business is different than real life. It's no different. It's no different at all. And it's really way, way, way more simple than we think it is. So how you truly get to know somebody with that proven experience with them over time goes far deeper than anything on the surface. And do we have time for me to share a quick story about that? Of course. All right. So this is a story I love to tell. 
So my friend Blake Neal is funny. When I first met him, he was funny. When I met him the next time, he was funny. He was telling the best slash worst dad jokes you have ever heard before he was a dad and after. I have seen him be funny when he's angry. I've seen him be funny when he's sad. I've seen him be funny in all of these ways, right? Now, here's the thing. It's not just me. Everybody who knows Blake, he is incredibly caring and brilliant and all of this. Everybody who knows Blake also knows that he's funny. So you can look at his like Facebook page back when like posting on walls were a thing. There are millions of memes that people have shared or tagged him in or whatever. And to this day, when I see something particularly like intellectual humor, sci-fi humor, dad jokes, the first person who comes to mind is Blake. Blake and funny are associated in the same sentence. They go together. Blake is branded as funny in my mind because of that consistent experience with him over time. How powerful is it when that happens for your business? And that goes beyond anything that Blake does, right? I didn't even tell you what Blake does. When you think about branding to really dig into your identity, one of the things we love to do with all of our clients is to step back for a minute and imagine your company as if it was a person. I don't mean your target market or who you serve. I mean your company. If your company was a person, how does your company think? How is it interacting with other people? What drives it crazy? What does it love, right? Like all of these things, when you can start, what makes it come alive? You know, how would people who just met your company for the first time How would you want them to describe your company? Like when you look at it as if it was a human being and start thinking about this interaction, right? Because what we're really building, it's not the thing about marketing. It's to build relationships. It's to build customer client relationships. How do you build relationships in real life? Just think about it like that. It's that simple, right? And so when you can step back and look at your company as if it was a human being, now we can start to drill into the identity of your brand. And from there, that's when you can develop the outfit that communicates that. Does that make sense, Russ? That's beautiful. Yeah. Actually never heard it described quite that way before, but that I like that. Yeah. That's going to be super easy for people to understand. Perfect. Take a moment. If you're driving, you know, do this later, but you know, jot some notes in your phone or whatever comes to mind. Just start thinking, hmm, if my company was a person, how would I describe that person? How would that person want to be described? You know, and then you can look at maybe you already have a brand, right? We do a lot in the rebrand space. So, okay. So once you have these things, hmm, so is the message that we're putting out in the world of who we are as a company, whether it is, you know, your marketing, your client experience, your social media, your website, your any of that, your, you know, your colors, your fonts, your logo, all that kind of stuff, but much, much deeper, that overall experience, is that aligned 
with who we really are as a company or do we maybe need to tweak it a little bit? So that's the second point. Oh my all gosh. Right, that was like 10 points in our, all in one. We got, that was like a, <laughs> a number two was a big bonus here for us. I love, I love, I thought you'd be done. <laughs> no. So I have one more. Oh my gosh. Right? Okay. So I said that Blake is associated as funny in my mind because of that consistent experience over time. Mm. And here is the number one place that I see businesses fall down when it comes to branding. What really is the power of branding? Spoil alert, it's not cool factor, right? It's building trust. Every interaction that anyone has with you is the opportunity to build or break trust with that customer or potential customer or power partner, whoever they may be. Which, by the way, never underestimate the value of one interaction. And so if you are not being congruent, right? Like, you know, when your friend is just not acting like themselves, mm -hmm. how do you know they're not acting like themselves? Because you have a consistent experience of who they are. So when it comes to knowing your identity as a company, then you need to make sure that every interaction that someone has with you is that same experience. The message, the feel, the emotions, the experience, right? Yes, the colors and the fonts and all of that are incredibly important there as well. They're all of these touch points where you can be building or breaking trust with your customers or potential customers. And how many heartbreaks have come from somebody not being who we thought they were? Like I said, business and marketing is no different than real life. So while it may seem like, oh, we should mix it up and use this cool, trendy thing, if that's not congruent with who you are as a company and that's not congruent with the experience the clients have with you, you're going to break their trust. Doesn't matter if you got in on a trend. You know, the most valuable commodity that any business has is trust because people do business with businesses, you know, they yeah. trust. Yeah. Every interaction that someone has with you is that opportunity to build or break that trust, which is why consistency is so important. It doesn't matter if you think, oh my gosh, I don't want to use the same thing again, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It might be the 50th time you've seen it and somebody else has never seen it. Yeah. Like, so you have to look at it. Like if you look at Target, if you look at Apple, if you look at these things, it's not like, you know. Their, I mean, their brands are amazing, but if you look at the visual part of things, it's an apple, right? Yeah. It's a bullseye. Like there's nothing that's so incredible about it in and of itself. I'm not knocking the design, like it's brilliant design, but why we see that symbol and we automatically know what that company is, is because they've done such a good job, not of putting a graphic on something which is, by the way, how a lot of people approach the visual side of branding. And I want to stress here that visuals are only a fraction of your brand. Agreed. You know, but because we have a consistent experience with who that company is over time, if you went into, you know, let's say you were going to get something target brand, right? And instead of, you know, you have like these this row of all these that has like the target bullseye, right? And next to it, it's like a purple curly cue. Which one are you going to go for? Which one are you going to trust is target? Yeah. 
it doesn't matter if that's some cool trendy curly cue that's been going viral on TikTok, whatever. Like it's not the experience that customers have with that brand. So I just, I want to stress that, that these three principles are really the key to a successful brand. And if you look at global brands that you know and love, oh man, like customers love this brand. Think about the brands that you love in your life, right? Yeah. It has these three things. They own their difference. They know the identity of the company. I would actually put that one in front of own your difference, right? So they know the true identity of that company. They're not trying to be like everybody else around them. They own their difference and you have a consistent experience of that in every interaction with them over time. And that's how you build a successful brand. Thank you for summing that up. I think that the way you described everything was really great. And boy, talk about uh, owning your difference you described everything differently than I've heard it before, pretty much, uh, and with passion. So when you, <laughs> you definitely, you said, you said multiple times that you're passionate about this and it definitely came through. You've given us some great information. Our listeners are going to love this episode. Thank you very much for sharing, especially some of the very personal things. Um, it's much appreciated. And I must say, I didn't quite know you the way I thought I did. I, I mean, that was some of that was, was new to me as to the extent that you um, we're feeling it and experiencing it. So I thank you for sharing that. Uh, before we go, though, I um, on our regular episodes, we have the questions, and I, I, <laughs> I really hit people with a lot of questions. But for our bonus episodes, we want to keep them a little, a little shorter. And uh, so I have a question for you, if, if you're game. And you've given, us, game. you've given us so much already, but I thought maybe I'll still ask you this question, and maybe maybe you'll dig deeper or open up a, open up a closet that you haven't been in before. So um, what, what is the one interesting thing that maybe you're very proud of that none of our listeners know about you? Ooh, one thing I am very proud of that none of the listeners would know about me. Yeah. Could, I'll stall a little while you think it could be, you know, it could be an obscure quirk or it could be just uh, or it could be something, uh, you know, maybe very deep and personal or, uh, heck, I don't know. Maybe it's just the the way you like you. You have a secret way you, you that you put your shoes on in the morning. I don't know. Could be could be anyway. I put my shoes on. I love that. I don't know. I'm just um, improvising. <laughs> I'm improvising and stalling for you, and letting your subconscious come no, up with I some options. No, I stall. I was gonna say, like Russ, one of the things about me is I don't know that there's very much that people don't know about me hmm. because. I know that the stories that I've lived weren't just given to me for me. And so, you know, you thanked me for sharing personal things and that's not easy to do, but it's my pleasure to share them because if my journey can help somebody else, like I'm going to get emotional. If my journey can help somebody else, then why wouldn't I share it? Right. So, um, yeah, you're probably looking for something quirky or funny though. So no, whatever see. I'm just, it's open. It's up to you. So I already said that I was a professional ballet dancer. That's something that people don't know about me. Are you still, uh, let me, let me, let me help, help you with something because, uh, help me. <laughs> yeah, no, cause you shared so much already, right? Um, uh, normally somebody can go to the, go to the well and pull out something there that they haven't shared yet, but you, you put a lot out on the table. Are you still interested in opening, um, a school for girls? I am not. Okay. You've moved on. I am not. I have moved on. Yep. That was, that was a season of my life and a good season. And when it comes to 
championing. That's one of the things that I learned, Russ, Yeah. Um, even in the past couple of years is that when I launched my business, I didn't have the ability to do it for myself because this is getting very personal, but mm. um, because I didn't have the confidence to believe that I was worthy enough of promoting. That's mm. a very deep thing. I don't know if I want to yeah. get that vulnerable, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to that idea of championing, I could champion other people and I can champion causes, but I couldn't champion myself. And so while I did have a passion for those orphans and for starting, you know, I didn't even like the word orphanage, but for starting a home for children that had an entrepreneurship component to it, yeah. that was a deep passion of mine. But one of the things that I realized is in that season of my life, um, I needed a cause to champion because I couldn't do it for myself. I got it. Yeah. That makes perfect and, sense. Believe it or not. I get it hundred percent. And so while wow. I still think that that's a wonderful thing and I still support causes like that on my own personally, um, one of the things that I have learned as I have grown, you know, and now with the brand boss studio, my second company is that our job is to empower the people who will then go and do those things. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, last couple items I want to cover before we close out here, Rachel. Sure. Where and how will people reach you to uh, find out more about you and the services that you offer? And then give me an idea of what someone might, maybe resources that they would have to uh, commit to be able to undertake this journey of finding their, their true brand uh, in terms of time and money and that sort of thing. Sure. So you can find me at the Brand Boss Show podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. On LinkedIn, I am the Brand Boss. So it's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash the Brand Boss. You can find me on Instagram at the Brand Boss Show. Those are the best ways to really reach me. Um, you can also, of course, find our website, brandbossstudio.com. We are in the process of updating that, but you can see what's there as well. And there's a link there to schedule a one-on-one -on -one call with me um, where we can see where you're at and kind of dig into that. And I can give you some strategy of what might be a good next step for you. Okay. And if it's Go a good fit for us to work together, I'll tell you that. And if I feel like, you know, it's not a good fit, then I'll direct you to some resources there as well. Is there a fee for the call? Uh, for that one-to-one, -one, there is not a fee. No. All right. Now, a lot of times there are freebies out there or a free strategy or discovery call, and I think there might be a reluctance to do it because you feel like, oh, I'm going to get trapped into having to buy something or they're going to pressure me into it. I'm, yeah, this I'm, is a no-pressure call. And I'm betting that people will believe that based on um, on this podcast, if nothing else, so <laughs> getting to know you. <laughs> so what about resources? Sure. So we do have, for those of you who are DIYers, because uh, I know what that's like. We do have a course that we put together, which is the Boss Your Brand course. Um, that is just $97. And that walks you through the Brand Boss Blueprint. So it's literally the steps that build a successful, lasting brand. Um, it goes more in detail on identity and the identity exercise and then marketing things to keep in mind at the power of consistency. And there's some very, very practical exercises that help you dig into that. So you can get that entire bundle. We've got all kinds of exercises and worksheets and training and all that kind of stuff in there for you as a DIYer. Um, and you can get that on our website at bossmybrand.com forward slash course. 
And that's the Brand Boss Blueprint course. Who would be the ideal person to get that? As far as our done-for-you services, um, those are more for people who are already in the game, right? They're not at the starting line. So I would say that the course is more for the people who are at the starting line. So maybe you are starting your business. You have an idea for the business. It's going to give you practical tools to help you build from the beginning on a solid foundation. What kind of budget is uh, the done for you stuff? What's what's the range in there? Uh, It really depends. It depends on what the client needs at that point. So, um, yeah, we... We talk about that on the strategy call once we kind of get an idea of the scope of what's needed. And they're in the th- in the thousands. Somebody's got a few hundred bucks. It's not that's not going to be the budget for them, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. All right, listeners. Uh, Rachel Jenks, the Brand Boss Studio. We've given you some uh, links. We'll have all that information in the notes for you. You're going to want to listen to the whole episode because Rachel gave us lots of good stuff in there. Right? Not just a few little tidbits. Not just of three little tools, but a lot more and uh, a lot of uh, background to understand why it's important and why you should believe her, Rachel Jenks, the brand boss. Thank you so much for having me, Russ. I'm just, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to share with your audience. And like I said, you know, I believe that the stories that I've lived weren't just given to me for me, they were given to me for others. And so I just, to you as the listener, thank you for listening today. And I hope that what I have shared for my journey as well as my expertise has been helpful for you. Oh, beautiful, beautifully said. All right, we're out. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests, or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.